Hello and welcome to the Bristol Film Critics Circle podcast, our irregular foray into a series of discussions around film, film criticism and the landscape of cinema today. Today's episode, episode 14, we will be looking at Duncan Jones's um, orc-smashing film, Warcraft The Beginning, and looking a bit more generally at uh, video game adaptations for the silver screen. Uh, my name's Peter Walsh. Today I am joined by... Uh, Liam McLeod. Liam McLeod, hello. Um, so yes, I think it's fair enough to say, from the offset, we're both gamers. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the, you know, define your own terms and what that means or doesn't mean, but we both play games we, for pleasure. Yeah, we, we play the video games for pleasure. And have done for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I've been playing since like 94 when the PlayStation came in. Oh, PlayStation. Oh, 32-bit. Oh, man. The, I go back to the fucking <laughs> Master System. We go way, way back. Uh, yeah, well, anyways, uh, we go back. Uh, the art of video game narrative has developed quite a lot since then. I think it's fair to say since the days of Pong, even since the days of PlayStation, to an extent. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to see the development of video game uh, films parallel to video games reaching the point where they can have fully fleshed out stories during the yeah. course of their games. Narrative complexities, um, intertwining storylines, but it finds its own language of storytelling mm-hmm. in a way that it took cinema uh, 15 years. Uh, that's a point of debate when you want to say that how long it took cinema to start telling proper narratives, but yeah, it took cinema 15 years to sort of get to complex narratives not sort of one shot one scene narratives as much um but no uh i guess for a long time um hollywood producers have seen the opportunity of uh, buying properties franchises outright and uh, taking along the large installed user base mm-hmm. of video game franchises and seeing the opportunity to cash in on that and make lucrative predominantly action based Films, um, I think it's safe to say that the results have generally been pretty dire. Unfortunately, <laughs> yes. I mean, we, we've been we've been going through the list of previous adaptations in preparation for this. I don't think we can say there's one that like reaches the heights of being great. God, I, no, God, no, no. no I, 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 we were struggling to think of a good one. Yeah, I'm sure. A case could be made by some that some of them do interesting things, but even that is being hugely charitable yeah. to a very, very disappointing calendar we, films. We seem to be at this stage, and we, we seem to be like stagnating in it, where video game movies are just good enough. Yeah, they, and, and they they only have. I guess the cynical view of producers is that they don't take risks on them. They only have to be good enough. Hmm. They have to make their money back. That's that's the only... There's no ambition in telling interesting stories or doing... Engaging interestingly... Engaging in a unique way with the format. It's mm-hmm. just... Let's churn out an action film with the bump rubber stamp of Hitman or Prince of Persia or... Mm. You name it, just bop on the top and you can go, Oh, look at all the 50 million games sold worldwide. Oh, that must be installed user base to use the very cold... Marketing term, um, yeah, cash in from there. But before we get into that too much, before we start picking apart the many, many, many time types of video game adaptation, I think it's fair enough to go back to the beginning. Yes, or Warcraft colon 
the beginning. <laughs> yeah, so uh, the story of Warcraft colon the beginning <laughs> is it it tries to follow the storyline of the first um like strategy um game that came out god knows when. Well, that was that was late nineties, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. A long time ago. Yeah, I think so. So Warcraft being the for the uninitiated a franchise of initially um strategy real-time strategy games yes uh developed by blizzard studios in the 90s they mm. did uh, warcraft and quite famously spacecraft mm-hmm. uh, starcraft starcraft oh yeah. god embarrassing <laughs> spacecraft i think but yeah starcraft which uh interestingly enough is an established sport in korea yeah it's it's, um, it's a spectator sport. It, it's insanely popular there um, and it's insanely intricate and complicated yeah, it's and 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 lucrative. If you, yes, if you can get good enough at uh, at StarCraft, you can actually make a fortune. Yeah, um, and become a rock star in mm. South Korea. Um, anyway, but yeah, um, the game they decided to make a role playing game set in the world World of Warcraft, which would was appropriately called World of Warcraft, which I imagine is where most of the laymen uh, know um, Warcraft yeah. from, but. To return to return to the film, uh, the story revolves around two factions, um, orcs and humans. The orcs have fled their world because it's dying due to this dark magic called the Fell. Uh, yep. And the I think the cent- the central representative of the orcs is a chief a chieftain called Duratan who wants to form an alliance with the humans. And the main representative of the humans is um, Lothar and sorry Anduin Lothar, like who's a high-ranking soldier who doesn't seem to really want anything in in this film. He's he just seems to be dragged along with it. Yeah. he's he's yeah. The, the the motivations of the characters within this film mm. are at times. Not wholly transparent. It's like, let's go and invade over there. Why? Because we can't live here anymore. Okay. Yeah. Why are you killing all the humans? Well, I suppose we've got to, haven't we? Ho hum. Onwards, upwards. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. It's uh, it's it's incredibly vague and incredibly uh, convoluted stuff. Uh, the first the first like half hour, half to forty five minutes, is built around um, Lothar. Needing to find out what this like disease called the Fell is, yeah. he has a mage who knows what it is, and he says, "Like this, this other character called the Guardian should be the one to tell you this." So we need to go to the king yeah. of the realm in order to summon the Guardian and explain that the green stuff is bad. Yeah, well, it's. It, it's it's a curse of the first half hour, and I should say it's a curse, in my opinion, of the whole film, that there's a lot of people sitting around just explaining shit. Yes, I know. Saying, we need to go, like, you know, just exposition upon exposition mm. with some really, really boring, really, really unmemorable names. I'm very glad you took the chance to explain who the characters were yeah. and where they were going, because for the life of me, I can't remember a single name out there. Well, I know no. that it's set in Azeroth. Yes, um, and yes, all fantasy franchises will have complex and cod mythical names, but mm-hmm. 
you know, I'm familiar with a fair chunk of fantasy. I'm no expert, but I needed I, I needed a brief before I came into this film, and I had no brief. Mm-hmm. I'm completely unfamiliar with. I played the strategy game decades ago, truly wow. decades ago. Um, I can't say the myth or the lore of it survived much beyond these are the green guys, they are bad. Mm. These are the humans, they're knights in shining armour. Throw them at each other until whoever is the strongest survives. There wasn't much in the way of narrative there other than, you know, grab, divide and conquer, land grabs, marauding, destruction. No, this... Yeah, this is an incredible... Like I say, it's convoluted, and it's needlessly convoluted. Oh, God, it's yes. you don't you don't need this because you've got like the bones of a decent story at the heart. You know, yeah. you've got two parallel armies. They both want they both want peace, but they have you know fearful or malevolent um, people yeah. in, in on both sides who yeah. um, who want to turn them against each other. There's, there's and, scope for complexity. For nuance, for intrigue, yeah. But you know, as mentioned, the motivations of the characters, as you said, with I'm going to have to ask you to repeat his name, Liam. The 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 human hero, uh, Anduin Lothar. That guy, yeah. Um, he seems to have no motivation. He just kind no. of rolls around and is a bit of a swaggering hero. And yeah, smashes shit up. And he, um, they seem to be going for like this very. Proud, you know, ar- arrogant, um, like knight, um, character characterization for him, and it does turn you off him quite significantly. He's well, he's he's not a developed character. He's mm. he's, he's got a few characteristics. Yeah, um, but, but he's like, I have to go over here because the narrative dictates that I have to go and talk to that guy on behalf of that guy who's got a very silly name and lives in a very strange corner and lives up this really steep tower (laughs) and we're not really sure why. And when we get up there, he's building a golem. Historically, golems aren't good figures. Mm, Shit generally goes badly down when a golem is involved. But, hey, this guy's supposed to be good, but he's working with a golem. Yeah, Mm, I I know. I wonder what will happen there. Oh, my God. Like, so... Apparently, it would have been just too simple for them a tattoo on his back, like you know, about turn face bad guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and it is it is incredibly, uh, incredibly frustrating to watch. And there's there's almost no visual shorthand in in this film. Um, it, it, no. it, it's a it's a consequence of direction, and it makes me feel really bad that. Um, Duncan Jones has done a really bad job directing this yeah. film. Yeah. It's it's the horrible thing that when you have a perceivably good director, mm. you want to say, oh, well, he's he's working with an unmanageable script and an impossible mm. concept. And that's that's making excuses yeah. for what is... An, it's not an interesting story and it's not told in anywhere near remotely an interesting way. It's just sprawling... Yeah tedium mm. and there's no visual flair yeah I, I, i'll tell you an, an example of where this should have worked perfectly and for some reason they didn't do it um dominic cooper is playing a king i think his name is king elaine and he is playing the least regal king yeah. in the history of fantasy yeah. there is 
no um there's no like grandeur to his presence there's no sense of reverence held by the people yeah. around him and it is not difficult no. to communicate that someone is the head of a monarchy you do no. it with a chair yeah in, instead um duncan jones just has him dossing around this um yeah. this wrought fantasy tavern and it's all just incredibly like flat mid uh, mid shots yeah yeah no you're quite right he's he's introduced I guess there's a lot of familiarity between the characters. Yeah. And that you're like, oh, we're like brothers, and oh, we grew up together, and this, that, the other. It's just that you happen to be king, and I happen to be the greatest action hero in the <laughs> land, and oh, but, you know, we from humble beginnings, and this, that, the other, and you're like, okay, yeah. fine. But as you said, it's sort of only five minutes after the event, you go, oh, oh, so he's the king. <laughs> yeah. But is he, is he like a fake king? Standing in, is he like a puppet king for someone else? Yeah. Like, no, no, he's the king. If if I hadn't if I hadn't like done the like prep work and by by following this all the way through production, I would have no idea that this was the no. king. It's 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 a lot of mis yeah. It's 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 I don't know for yourself who'd had anticipation following it and coming in. It's mm. frustration for me. It was just sheer boredom. <laughs> Like I mildly curious about it, not familiar with the franchise, but curious to see what comes of it. I like Duncan Jones, the films he's done so far. Mm. They've been pretty good. Yeah. Um the guy seems to have something between the ears. There's promise for a good film in there, and you're like, Oh, they've thrown a good director at a big franchise. Yeah. That could be interesting. Obviously, last time that happened in my memory is when they made Jurassic World. And oh, that was yeah. terrible. <laughs> so you know, it happens a lot. They take up-and-coming promising directors and throw them at massive franchises and they mm. just get mashed by the system. But um, there's a lot of very impressive CGI work. Mm. But again, it's just visually quite boring. It's, yeah. you know, it's Tolkien turned up to 11. All it, the time. All these orcs. And you see these battle scenes with like thousands of orcs tearing each other apart. And you're mm -hmm. like, wow, they must have had a really, really complex computer to do that. Mm -hmm. It's really impressive. But yeah. it's visually uninteresting. No. There's no tension. There's no drama. It's just a swooping camera and green figures knocking seven shades of shit out of each other. It's just... This, this is nothing we haven't seen before. And we've seen it done much better. Yeah, um... Did you see it in 3D? I didn't, no. No, nor did I. And I don't think that would necessarily add anything to it. I don't... Yeah, I, I didn't even want to see this in 3D. No. I saw... It wouldn't have improved things no. in the slightest. No. Um, but I guess... The, so th this is the trick with video game franchises. And sort of to segue a bit away from the film, which I think we can agree we both didn't like. And critically... That seems to be the universal opinion that it's it, a bit of a mess. It really does. Um, yeah, like I don't think you would get anyone um, like f like sending hate mail and death no, threats well, to critics over this no. because. Um, but my my point more beside is um, the question whether three D is immersive or not. That's up to debate. Um, but the potential for a good video game adaptation for me is hinging on what makes some of the big. Triple A franchise, big budget video games, great. Um, I could list a few of my own opinions, but why do I love big games? Because uh, they're immersive. They create mm. huge, sprawling worlds that you can literally lose yourself in for days. Yeah. Days and days. The Assassin's Creed series, mm. Grand Theft Auto, um, Mass Effect, Far Cry, 
massive worlds that you just sprawl around. You explore every corner. You go to every corner of the map, picking up doohickeys and little things here and doing missions and finding old men who need a bowl retrieved from the other side of the city mm-hmm. to do this spell so that you can get slightly stronger or drug drops or anything. All these, you know, all these little bits. And that it's just amazing that you just get sucked into this world and it's this world that you can explore. It's this world you can bomb around in a car and see everything and break some laws, misbehave, be a bit anarchic, but you just get lost in this really, really intricately rendered world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm guessing World of Warcraft as a video game was like that because it was, you know, an open sandbox, massively multiplayer online game. Mm-hmm. And I got no sense of that in it. It was like, it dropped you in the world. Yeah. And then started talking a foreign language. Yeah. And I'm like, this is an amazing, really intricate, well-developed world that I have no understanding of. (laughs) And I'm not losing myself in it. And it's all just a foreign land to me. It's just this strange, bizarre, sub-Tolkien crap. Yeah. It's just not engaging. It's not like, oh, wow, let's revel at this marvellous, huge structure. It's just, it's, you know, there's a forest, there's an orc camp. Here's a big cod European town with the little steeples. And the, it's just like, yeah, so what? It's, you're not, you're not invested in it unless you are already invested in it. And then you're sitting there recognising everything. And that might be a value. I'm sure the fans might really love that. Yeah, it's it's something that like it clearly has its audience, but I've I've never found I've never found anything uh, in World of Warcraft on the occasions I've played it to to keep me playing it for a particularly long amount of time. Um, yeah. Especially not like things to do with the world and how it's built and yeah. the visual design. And I worry that too much of that fed into uh, the visual design of this film yeah. because. Yeah, you are right. Everything, everything to do with um, everything to do with like the like masses of like orc clans and their entire shandy town and the you know, you know the like Walt Disney esque yep. um, pre pre industrial yep. uh, fantasy land um, European medieval. Yeah, oh, you see, uh, but. For some reason, like no nobody ever has to go to check out the toilet facilities because yeah. who needs that nightmare? Yeah, it's 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 peculiar and it's interesting and it's this strange thing. But I guess that sort of reflects an interesting issue with video games. And I think of this that um, thinking example of Grand Theft Auto Five, one of if not the greatest selling game in recent memory. Mm whatever that's worth but it's interesting in the sense that it, it's a it's a sort of imitation version of LA very yeah. very well re- recreated very interesting you can drive around it you can sense things you can see familiar sights and this that the other hmm. but on some level the narrative isn't that good it's not like earth sh- the world it creates is earth shattering mm-hmm. the narrative it tells is just kind of sub Michael Mann. Yeah. It's a bit of heat, a bit of this, a bit of that. It's it's pulling on lots of things. It's riffing on the Sopranos on every gangster movie mm-hmm. ever made. It's very canny at referencing lots of stuff. 
It's yeah. very knowledgeable, and it's kind of fun that you see these things and you see archetypes from The Sopranos and whatnot. But that's why I think if you say, if you took the script of GTA Five and adapted it into a film, it would just be a weak, like parody of Michael Mann. Yeah, that is that's exactly it. I mean, part of part of the problem is uh, so many video games go to go to film as their reference points yeah. rather than something particularly unique. So you're right. If they adapted Grand Theft Auto in into a film, it would just end up this mashup of um of like John Woo and Michael yeah. Mann. Yeah. Uh, a bit of straight out of Compton in there as well. Oh yeah. You know, like all but it's referencing lots of things very well. Mm-hmm. And it does it in a unique way. And it does some clever things with storytelling that a book couldn't do or a film couldn't do. It's, you know, you get to inhabit, see the world through three different characters' eyes. Hmm. This, that, the other. Yeah. But the the narrative complexity, it kind of steps back from that a bit. And hmm. there are very interesting stories being told elsewhere, but because of genre, because it, it's built on the language of tropes from cinema, because hmm. there's a quick shorthand that we will recognise in it. Yeah. It's a sort of a quick way for us to understand the gangster narrative in it, or the drug dealing narrative, or the sub Scarface elements in it. If you divorce it from the video game context, it doesn't hold up, and that's maybe what was Warcraft. Warcraft is like so many fantasy things; it's just you know an extrapolation of Tolkien, yeah, taken in a different direction. It, it feels like like Baby's first Tolkien, yeah, or you know, sort of Tolkien for idiots, but um, but again, lots of derivative tales have been told built on that but it's I don't know it's it's. I'm, I'm kind of getting hung up on two examples yeah I think I think with adaptations because there's so much of going off films that have previously existed there's a real need to excel beyond yeah. um, the material that you're paying reference to yeah. and right now all video game movies seem to be doing as as we've said yeah. is just trying to be they are aspiring to adequacy yeah. and that's and that's a problem they think okay it's fine i imagine a lot of the thinking with um warcraft was okay if we have some shots of iron forge and if we have a murloc somewhere in the background yeah. people will be fine with this and if it's if it has all that and it's a simple enough story then it'll be fine and it's not because you need more than that. Ironically, I don't think the story is simple enough. Because half the time uh, they're trying to motivate and explain why. If yeah. they really stripped it down and told a quite sort of A to B fantasy story, mm-hmm. they'd probably make life a lot easier for themselves. But they're trying to make things so complex. It really did make uh, for a very boring film. But, yeah, um, uh. but I guess the interesting sort of way to spin on this is Maybe not to look at um, video game adaptations that do seem to be sort of quick cash in. Let's get some things in. I don't know. Before uh, my screening of Warcraft that I was at, they also had an advert for the new Assassin's Creed film. Yeah. I know you're a bit trepidatious about it yourself, Liam. Mm-hmm. I'm a bit hopeful. It's got a, what can only be described as a strongish cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Fassbender is not a cheap guy. No. And he's. I don't know. I don't know if you can say he's the name that you book that and people will come just for him. He's still an actor. He's also a name. But 
Yeah. Without, without sitting to sort of put a price on the name of Michael Fassbender, he's an interesting choice. And yes, I think he hasn't done a lot of terrible films. No, I'm trying put you to... on the spot. I mean, okay, you could argue for or against Prometheus. Yeah, um, I I would argue against Prometheus. It's but a... it's still an interesting concept. Yes, um, I I feel like he's never done he's never done the same film twice uh, except X Men possibly. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. Well, um, well, that but anyways, not not to get bogged down in uh, Mr. Fassbender yes. and his acting exploits. Um, when they showed the trailer to the new Assassin's Creed film before. Uh, this movie, you know, you can hear the reaction in the cinema, and it's like, yeah, well, you know, they're playing straight, like, hey guys, see you in six months to watch this film as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Assassin's Creed narratively is quite interesting, and it's a story within a story, and yeah. how that will play out on the big screen will be interesting to see. Um, I do, I do worry that the whole concept of um, like the animus and diving into the memories of your ancestors to live through it. Yeah. I feel like that's going to greatly diminish the tension of anything that occurs in like the medieval Europe. Or... Well, it, it depends if they. In the games, it's not the way, but if it ends up being like the Matrix, if you die in the Matrix, you die in real life, and mm. suspension, 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 and all this stuff. And in the trailer, you see Michael Fassbender in the real world wielding real weapons. Yeah. So I guess there will be, like, you know, whereas in a video game, you can die a million times, and there's no that frustration in death except, you know, the repetition of what you were doing. That's And that's kind of the point of the Animus as a storytelling device. It's yeah. supposed to explain why you're able to die multiple times. Yeah. It's it's just, it's, you know, when you act, it's whenever the user acts contrary to their own memories. Yeah, yeah. But again, I guess, and you know, we, we need to be careful that we don't bore the listener by basically like, let me explain to you how the video game world works and blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And it's a partly like, you know, don't sit around trying to explain the mechanisms because then you're going to bore the audience because, again, that's kind of what bored me about Warcraft and why this portal is there and how it works. And I, you know, there's <laughs> you're getting away from the dramatic tension. Um, yeah. But it'll be interesting to see what comes with Assassin's Creed. Maybe, is it coming out in six months' time? Is it for Christmas or is it put you on the spot? Liam? I think it's going to be like it's going to be a fall release. Maybe? Okay, they, the, the trailer said nothing but soon, which I thought was very soon. cagey and ambiguous of them. Um, but to take this on to another tack briefly, as we come towards the end of this episode, mm-hmm. I think the interesting example is maybe not looking at video games that get turned into films, but looking at how films that are noticeably influenced by video games. Yeah. An easy example to mention would be Scott Pilgrim, which is told with the tropes and the nods, and it's not just Easter eggs, but, like, in the visual language of video games. Even if that is the 8-bit, 16-bit world of platformers and old-school video games. But that's obviously feeding in from a comic book series which was very, very, very invested in the language of video games. Yeah. And it's it's sort of using that as a reference point for, I, I think it's on the on the cusp of like Generation X millennial yeah. nostalgia, and yeah. using and basically using that to put a new twist on uh, the idea of the person in their twenties in Michael Sarah Arrested <laughs> Development. Yeah, it, well, it's it's um, a romantic comedy. Um, 
about 20-somethings yeah. told in the language of video games, but very faithfully to the book, which in turn is very faithful to video games. Mm-hmm. And um, it, It's very much... Uh, it understands the love that young people still have for video yeah. games, and it realises the necessity to move past them. Yeah, and that's... But that's interesting that the, 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 the comic book series and the film engages with that and it uses it as a device. It's not a means to an end. It's not mm-hmm. the be-all and end-all and it's not a hurdle in the way of telling a story. It's yeah. used to tell an everyday story of boy loves girl, girl is hard to get, you know, meet. And yeah. The trials and tribulations of being in your 20s and spread friendship networks and living in a big city and being in a band and this, that, the other. It's told really well and I'm, you know, I struggle to be critical about it because I'm such a big fanboy of the comic book yeah and i couldn't say a bad word about it even though it was a bit flawed but but, yeah but not not to get bogged down on that the the other sort of example i think of is um a film that is almost told in the language of video games Mm -hmm. is pacific rim oh yeah if you think about it and it's interesting because i know guillermo del toro has worked extensively in developing games, mm-hmm. he's been pulled in as a producer and a consultant on a few games, the names of which elude me right now. But I know that he's he's yeah. an active gamer. He like played Halo he, like no man's business. And... Yeah, he was he was big on um, like de- developing a game called I think it was P. It was either PT or Silent Hills. It was basically oh. going to be the new Silent Hills game that got cancelled. Oh, wow. So he is a guy who understands. The language of video games, yeah, and yeah, um, the like handling the Jaegers with the drift, and yeah, it's, 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 I mean, it's it's all MacGuffins. It's all like preposterous narrative devices of hmm. a split in the world, and it gets a you know, I can't tease it out and say this is a video game reference, this is a kaiju film reference, mm-hmm. but it's on some level acknowledging the fact that the two are deeply intertwined, but yeah. like. These two cultures that, you know, um, monster movies and video game culture feed into each other extensively in Japan. Mm-hmm. And that, that that is a world of otakuism on its own. Yeah. But that it's still working on those levels. And that it is, mm. you know, when they square up against each other, it's almost like Street Fighter. Yes, I and love they be- that. Yeah, but in difference to the Street Fighter, the movie, which just has a roster of bad characters that are underdeveloped. Uh, with celebrity actors mm-hmm. prancing around in stupid costumes um, and Jean-Claude Van Damme being coked off his head <laughs> the whole time. Um, and I mean, uh, that's that's an interesting film for many reasons, but it's not a good film. No, no. Um, and it's not a film told in the language of video games. It's a... They've taken a roster of characters and they've taken a preposterous story. Yeah. And it, they've told it in film format. Whereas... <sighs> Pacific Rim is about individual characters within a much more powerful structure powering through you know avatars Mm -hmm. co-op play on some level if you will you've got two people in the head of one robot and you have to work together to make it happen and all these little cues that are about are you know no, I, I can't say they pay homage to video games. I can't say they refer to video games, but it's... they they do refer to it quite significantly. It, it's no coincidence um, that they have um, the woman vo- uh, um, voicing um, the actual robot. Yes, the 
she yes. is, she's the voice of GLaDOS in Portal. And yeah. That is, that's no coincidence. That's, no, no, absolutely. Uh, that's partly fan service, but it's also an effective characterization. Yeah. I think that's the more interesting avenue is how, for decades now, yeah. films have been influencing games, giving them the tropes and the archetypes and the narrative lines to follow and the visual cues and that'll become more pronounced as the visuals of video games get more and more like film because mm-hmm. the better the graphics get the more dramatic and visual you can be in the stories you tell mm-hmm. but we're now coming to a slight tipping point where the influence is going back one way as well yeah i think you are going to get a lot more mileage about films that simply take influence from video games rather than direct adaptations. I mean, I think most people would agree at this stage, the the best video game movie still is Wreck-It Ralph, and it's not not based off a video game. No, 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 but it's it's still faithful to, within the spirit of, Mm -hmm. a culture of gaming. Yeah. Um, And it's a very... um, it's a very positive look at the culture of gaming. But on a, on, a, on a tangent from that, I'd almost say, what is the best video game film out there? It's the documentary King of Kong. Oh, if you've God, not seen yes. that, that's an amazing documentary. And that is also about the obsession, the obsessiveness mm-hmm. of video games and the weirdos who play them. Yeah. Um, I feel we're getting off a bit and we're, we're coming up to time, really. Um, you know what, Liam? I think we should yeah. uh, find out when um, Assassin's Creed is coming out and okay. uh, meet up again to have more words on video games there's plenty to be said and we can go off and watch um, Far Cry which was a terrifying adaptation alone of a very good game series but a very terrible director video yeah by the um, infamous German director Uwe Boll mm-hmm. um, oh yeah it's it's an Uwe Boll film um, it stars Till Schweiger so if, if you if you liked the the German guy from uh, Inglorious Bastards that doesn't that narrow doesn't narrow it down, Liam. Okay, not I, not Christopher Christopher um, Hugo Stiglitz I okay. mean, was his character name. Um, yeah, if you want want to know what he's been up to, it's it's nothing good. Okay, well, um, but yeah, um, no, 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 checking out. But there's more to be said. I think this is a topic that will be more and more interesting we, uh, we, as the years go. Yeah, we can we can pick this up because it turns out. Um, yeah, you're right. Assassin's Creed is a December release. Oh, it's December. I, I don't know why I thought it was the fall. Maybe... Well, coming soon. Yeah. Um, December isn't soon, so I think that's fair enough, Liam. We won't hold you against that. Definitely. Um, I think that's all for us. Really, we should wrap up. Um, yeah. Thanks to our listeners. Uh, do follow us online. Yeah. Um, tell your friends about the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast where possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, retweets and likes on Facebook. Always appreciated. Um We'll be back soon. We'll try and be a bit more regular with this. Yeah, uh, our members pending. <laughs> um, but um, thanks again. My name's Peter Walsh, and Your I'm Liam McLeod. That's Liam McLeod. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, see you next time. Bye.